Good morning. That song we just sang is going to be part of what we're going to talk about this morning. It comes from Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to look at. So we'll be there in just a moment. We've got to make one stop in the Old Testament first. But first of all, we are glad to have each of you with us. It is good we can be together. It is good to have our guests among us. You're always welcome here and we're glad you can be with us and worship with us. The God of heaven and earth means so much to each of us. And we're so thankful for that. It's been an extremely hard week this week. It's been tough on this church family. Been a lot of tears, and the tears still flow. It's been a lot of questions, and the questions are still asked. Been some hurt, and it still hurts. One of the challenges of preaching that you don't see is trying to pick out what to preach. And every Sunday, when you all are going out to eat after services, after the sermon is over, the preacher's already thinking about, what am I going to do next week? That always runs through his mind. My dear father used to ask me several times, he says, how in the world do you come up with those ideas? Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes things just flow. Sometimes, like today, it's very difficult. We have to be sensitive. We have to be helpful. We have to do what God wants us to do. And so we begin this morning, and I want to just share with you really just two simple passages. One verse from the Old Testament and a series of verses from the New Testament. This will be a very short lesson, but I want to just give us some simple, simple reminders for the times that we're in right now. We begin in the book of 2 Chronicles in chapter 20 and verse 12. And there we read about the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat. And he faced a mighty challenge. There was a three-nation coalition coming against him. Among that coalition was Ammon and Moab, very, very fierce nations. And he realized that things looked bad for his people. He called for a national fast. And then he led a prayer. And the conclusion of his prayer is found in verse 20. Or excuse me, verse 12 of chapter 20. Where there the king says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That great multitude could be a multitude of fear. It could be a multitude of trouble. It could be a multitude of several things that are greater than we are. And as he concluded this prayer... There are three things that stand out I want you to notice. First of all, what we notice here is he realized the reality of their condition. We are powerless. How honest he was. He did not say, well, come on, boys, we're outnumbered, and they're probably going to wipe us off the face of the map, but come on, boys, let's give it a shot. He realized what reality was. There are times when troubles are greater than we are. There are things that are out of our hands. And there are times when we must realize the condition in which we are in, that we are powerless. Secondly, what he recognized is he understood an honest confession. We do not know what to do. This is amazing coming from a king. We don't expect this to come from leaders. Leaders always have the answers. Parents always know what to do. Shepherds always have the answers. 
Our president always knows what to do, so they say. But this man realized we simply do not know what to do. Do we fight? Do we surrender? Do we run? We simply do not know what to do. As I read that this week, I had to honestly admit I have felt that way. There have been times throughout my life when I didn't know what to pray. I know I need God. I know I need to pray to God, but I don't know what to say. And there are times the emotions and the feelings get the best of you, and you simply don't know what to do. But then that leads to the third statement in this prayer. And that is, there was one thing he did know, and that is our eyes look to heaven. Our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on God. We don't know what to do, but God does. We don't know, but God knows. And what a powerful, powerful reminder for us. No matter what troubles you go through, what storms you face, to keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, the second passage I want us to look at this morning is really based from that hymn we just sang. Or the hymn was based on this, rather. Mark chapter 4. And let's read this little section here, Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. I use the New American Standard. And in the New American Standard, every verse, starting with verse 35, all the way through the end of chapter 4, and the first two verses of chapter 5 begin with the word and. And is a connecting word. It's like railroad cars all connected together. And this leads to this. And this happens after this. So let's begin now in Mark 4, verse 35, as we think about some of the things that we read here. Mark 4, verse 35, facing an intense storm. And on that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go to the other side. And leaving the multitude, they took him along with them, just as he was in the boat, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. In Luke's account of this, it says that they were in danger. Verse 38, and he himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And being aroused, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. And said to them, why are you so timid? How is it that you have no faith? And they became very much afraid and said to one another, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What's so interesting is really there's two major factors taking place here. First of all, Jesus doing this miracle that stopped the storm. He calmed the seas as we just sang about. The other thing he did was calm the hearts of scared apostles. And there are some things about that that will help us as we see this. And so Mark tells us this was the most intense storm. You notice again verse, the words of verse 37, where it says, arose a fierce gale of wind. From that word is where we get words like earthquake. The waves were over the boat. And then it says the boat was filling up with water. You can imagine how they tried to row, but to no avail. You can imagine how they tried to bail water, but to no avail. Finally, they chose Jesus. 
That's the thought we want to share with each other today, is that we must choose Jesus. In any storm, there are choices, lots of choices people make. The storm will cause some people to drift away from God. Storms do that. Storms will lead some people to make unwise choices, and storms do that. But the disciples chose Jesus. And what I want to do is talk about four simple choices that we have before us when we think about the storms in our life. This storm or any storm could be storms of health issues, and some of you are facing those right now. It could be financial storms. It could be family storms. It could be spiritual storms. It could be emotional storms. It could be mental storms. It could be church storms. Many, many different ways storms come. But in all of that, we must make choices. And so some simple reminders. Number one, to choose fellowship over isolation. When a person hurts they want to be like Elijah back in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18. When Jezebel sent out a death sentence for him, he went and hid in the cave. And when we're in the darkness of the cave, the darkness of thoughts, all those things come about us. There is the potential of our boats filling up with water, our hearts filling with fear. There's the potential there for us to sink. But we need to remind ourselves as that hymn we sing, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts together. We are at our worst when we're by ourselves. We're at our worst when we think all hope is gone. Together there's comfort. Together there are reminders. I was so, so blessed by the turnout we had Tuesday night. It was a tough setting. There was lots of tears. But what a refreshing thing to be with our brethren. Thankful to the shepherds that arranged that. Thankful for all those people involved that helped us through that moment. I needed a Tanner to hug me. I needed a Jason's calm way. He never gets upset, even when Purdue wins against him. He never gets upset. I need Jason's calm way to keep me where I need to be. So many, so many were helpful. And so choose to talk. Choose to pray. Choose each other. Choose to be in worship. In any storm you face, a personal storm, a family storm, a health storm, you always have this choice, will I stay home or will I be with God's people? Choose fellowship over isolation. Choose prayer over worry. Worry makes things worse. Worry makes the dark sky even darker. And worry never accomplishes anything. Jesus would say in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 multiple times, do not be anxious. He would say in the Gospel of Luke that we ought to pray at all times and not to lose heart. Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Our eyes, Jehoshaphat said. We have an enemy that's greater than we are. We are powerless. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We need to choose prayer over worry. Cast your burdens upon the Lord is what Jesus says. Peter says to cast our cares upon him because God cares for us. We must ask, 
as this day has just begun, have I prayed to my God. Number three, choose faith over doubt. Our eyes are upon you is what Jehoshaphat said. Now what we find in Mark chapter 4, we find a lot of things in that boat. We find that there was plenty of fear in that boat. We find that there was plenty of doubt in that boat. We see plenty of worry in that boat. We see a plenty of storm in that boat. We see plenty of water in that boat. But what we don't see is faith. And as easy as Jesus calmed the storm, he turns us at the very end of that section and says in verse 40, Why are you so timid? You got me. The God of heaven. The God who can part the Red Sea. The God who can stop the, the mouths of lions. The God who can take care of his people in fiery furnaces. The walls of Jericho came down. None of those were matches for God. Fear sees the problem. Faith sees God. Fear sees how tall the giant is. Faith sees how great God is. Doubts will leave you scared. And doubts will cripple you. But God has this. Our God is upon the throne. Our God will get us through. And so when the storms come and troubles do, don't throw away what you already know in the Bible. You've studied, you've learned, you know so much. Don't throw away those Bible passages. Lean upon them, as Jason read to us today. Remember the verses. Remember the promises of God. Focus on the Lord. Our eyes are upon you. And then number four, we need to choose hope over despair. Choose hope over despair. Gloom and doom is a song of defeat. Some will choose to be bitter. Some will choose to be angry. Some will get ugly. Some will be mean. Our eyes are upon Jesus. The disciples went to Jesus. We can't stop this storm. We can't get through this storm. We need Jesus. And so has God ever thrown in a towel? When they stood at the Red Sea and here came the mighty Egyptian army, did God say, I, I, I didn't anticipate this? God had that. When he closed the door of the ark and basically all creation was destroyed, did God say, you know, I, I don't know what to do. God knew what to do. When Stephen was stoned to death, when the apostle James was killed, did God say, my plan's coming unraveled. I don't know what to do. God has this. When Paul was drugged out of town and stoned and nearly killed, did he say, I guess this is it, boys. God has it. God has never, ever thrown in a towel. The disciples chose to wake up Jesus. Maybe it's time we did the same thing. Not that Jesus is asleep. He is never asleep. But maybe he's asleep in our hearts. Maybe he's asleep in our minds. Maybe we, we have lived too long thinking, I'll get through this on my own. On my own, I'll figure this out. On my own, we'll get what we need. And what we need to see is the disciples chose Jesus. We will continue to worship we will continue to walk with the Lord. We will continue to invite the Lord into our hearts. And we will weather the worst of storms because of Jesus. Our minds, our hearts, our eyes are upon you.
simple thoughts this morning, but I think thoughts that ought to help us, thoughts that ought to remind us, thoughts that ought to remind us not just now, but in other storms you've been through, and storms still to come that you don't even see on the horizon, to understand that the God of heaven has this. The God of heaven is our hope. When we don't look to Jesus, bad things will happen. And so we must look to Jesus. This morning, if you're not a Christian, what a better time. What a better time to say, I need Jesus. There may be a storm you're going through right now that no one else knows about. You need to awaken the Lord. You need to say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, help me. The Bible teaches how we do this is by repenting of our sins, being buried in baptism, and then clinging to Jesus and following Jesus and living with Jesus all the days of our life. And there may be some here who are already Christians, but Jesus has simply fallen asleep in your life. And you've just been walking through on autopilot. And you've come to worship week after week. Nothing has changed your life. You've heard the sermons, you've listened to the singing, but nothing has ever changed. Maybe it's time to awaken Jesus. Maybe it's time to say, Lord, get me through this. I need you so much. If we can help you, won't you come as we stand, as we sing?